0: Ladies and gentlemen, this is the forty second episode of Concerned Dabs podcast. I'm your host, Katie M Kane. Our guest tonight, ladies and gentlemen, is Brooks Bouchard. He is a video game designer out in California. Um He is also a super smart kid and consumer of cannabis. so <laughs> we 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 invited him to talk to come on the show and uh, talk a little bit about his career um and cannabis consumption in his state we, we don't uh get too many folks to holler back as far as coordination for the state of california and we went to school with brooks so he hit us back and Hell hit yeah. us up man and and scheduled a schedule the podcast so we're uh excited to have him tonight and uh man yeah it's good to have you on the show brooks how's it going man
1: it's going good it's good to be here good Yo. to talk to you
0: yeah man yeah so brooks graduated from lapway high school like the rest of us here on concerned dabs podcast so (laughs) we're proud of that guy um can you talk a little bit uh about your career path at least um in education in order to get to making video games because honestly dude that just uh that sounds like a really fucking cool job dude (laughs) like really cool so
1: Well, it's one of those, it's one of those industries where, uh, education helps, but knowing somebody helps a lot more. (laughs) Uh, I just, I started when I moved to California, um, I had a degree from Boise state, but turns out it didn't really qualify me to do much. So, uh, I started as like a QA analyst at EA games.
0: Okay. What is a QA analyst? Can you talk about what, what that job entails?
1: yeah basically um i was responsible for a game coming out on multiple consoles and this was the year that the wii was launching so it was supposed to be a big deal that this game was on the wii and stuff like that and uh it was a golf game that used to have uh tiger woods name on it and uh yeah everybody always asked me like oh you must be really good at the game but Actually, we just were doing a lot of, like, unplugging the controllers and trying to screw with each other to make the other person, uh, you know, like, cheat to make the other person lose, uh, trying to exploit bugs and stuff. To...
0: Oh, so that's that's what QA, QA Animus is? Like yeah, try we're to... trying
1: to find the bugs and make sure that uh, if you're playing online, it's a fair game and stuff like that. So that was all under the purview of the stuff we we're trying to find. And then we would. Uh, write a bug up and send it off to engineers to get fixed that's tight yeah
0: i like that's tight okay so continue on man after after that like what was the was the next move after that
1: well um i was talking to some people about how do i get into design and things like that and uh they're just saying you need more experience and you need more education and all this stuff and so it's pretty obvious that if I just stayed at EA I'd probably just still be at q a right now so um, if that's you know your passion, that's cool, but I wanted to to do something else and so I went to a place that wasn't in gaming but um would help pay for uh, my me to take college classes and uh, so I was doing q a at you know more traditional corporate environment for a little while I was getting a master's degree in human computer interaction.
0: Uh, Okay so just like different operating systems and stuff you would try to find bugs in? Um, So in
1: this particular one uh, they made like financial software like QuickBooks and stuff like that and so yeah we're trying to find bugs in like if you typed in a number or if you put in a website to make sure that it was like uh, processing the data correctly and stuff like that.
0: That's cool man yeah so so what uh what sort of classes did you need to like was it certifications or like did you need like a whole nother piece of paper after you uh yeah it's I needed so... a whole
1: nother piece of paper I had to get um uh, a secondary degree and this time I was at going to San Jose state and uh they were just teaching it was like a psychology classes on how people think about computers, you know, like everybody kind of knows that when you tell a computer to do something and it does something different, it's because you're not speaking quite the same language. And so it was sort of like thinking about how people generally think about computers and sort of how do we design um, interfaces to make sense to a person rather than make sense to an engineer or a computer, you know, sort of a unified language.
0: Dope. Dope. So uh, what, what was the yeah for idiots Mitchell says yeah (laughs) no doubt yeah because because it is like you gotta I don't know like that was always a complaint about anything like some guys when they throw a show they'd have so much shit on their flyer and it's like dude what's what's going on is it a show right there's a that's a great example yeah you know and so looking at a website's the same thing. Like if there's no drop down menu or search bar that I can find in a corner when I first get there, like I'm going to get fucking lost and bored and go somewhere else. Like, Right. Right. And then there's also
1: cultural stuff that we studied, you know, like a really famous case study is the Chevy Nova, which was apparently selling really well in the States. (laughs) But then when they went to uh, Latin countries with it, no one was buying it. And then when they went down there and asked why, they're like, well, because Nova in Spanish means no go. I'm not uh, going to buy a car that means, that says no go on the side of it. And so, you know, just like weird cultural things you have to take into consideration if you want to go outside of your, your normal user base too. Damn, that's crazy. I didn't even think about that, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's why your favorite car might be called something else in a different country because uh, of localization concerns, you know, um, that that name could sound like something nasty.
0: <laughs> yeah, dude. Man, another example of that was like, uh, I would, okay, so when I grow cannabis, I'd make my soil from scratch. So I'd get compost was like the base. It's like fucking dirt, other all all the lawn refuse and shit from, everyone's lawns in portland gets composted out there in uh, right. north in north plains and i asked my my buddy like what was the name of that place and he said nature's need and so i googled that shit and it was like go to their website and so i go to their website and they're also called recology and then they had a third name too and so it was like the same place same company all under three different names you know what right. i mean and so it was right. like it tripped me out, but all of the names, too, were different. You know, Recology is geared towards the new fucking sustainable living folks, and Nature's <laughs> Need is, is towards the old folks who, you know, are just into gardening. And I can't remember what the third name was, but it was a trip that, you know, they, they were selling under three different names, but it was the same company. So Right, right. Yeah. So just in Portland, there was different cultures that they wanted to hit with exactly yeah it's just their name and logo right like uh it's the same where if you go to mcdonald's in another
1: country right they'll have special items on the menu because yeah. people want that shit you know from that from around there yeah and if you don't have it on the menu that's not breakfast or that's not
0: lunch to them you know? yeah no shit that's cool, man. So what was the name of the piece of paper? Like what what was the, and then how long did it take for you to get that? Well, and you worked Well, at I mean, time? if
1: I was going to school full time, it'd normally take two years, but, uh, it took me about four years to get it. It's a master's degree and it's called, uh, uh, in human computer interaction. Tight. That's a, right? fucking, that's a tight piece of paper to hang on the wall. Man. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah, it's like all that psychology of computers and stuff. I guess that's the three
0: words they chose to to summarize it. Yeah, right. very slick. way to go, San Jose State, way to go. <laughs> so yeah, while I was doing that though,
1: i uh, I interned at Curse, uh, a gaming company that uh, focuses not on creating games but on supporting game communities. So if you've ever played World of Warcraft, they make a site where you can download mods and search for you know add-ons and stuff for free. Um, they host Minecraft servers, all kinds of different things. They, they uh, will have a fan site when uh, the new Diablo expansion comes out, stuff like that. Uh, and so I was uh, interning there for a couple months, and then that turned into a full-time position where I was getting to design you know, websites for, for fan sites for games. Um, I was designing some add-ons for World of Warcraft, like DKP trackers and things like that it was like uh, a kind
0: of mix of all kinds of stuff different things that's tight dude that's that's super tight like uh well at, at that company what was the coolest shit that you worked on like did you get to build like you said it was a tracker did you get to build a gun or a missile or anything like that like, <laughs> i never played um, that game so i'm just asking from you know yeah people. yeah
1: so so again this is like just websites you know oh, okay.
0: that support
1: games and so one of the cooler ones that i did um was for league of legends um we created a site called lolpro that uh had all the different uh uh, characters had guides for them that were actually written by professional players in the league of legends scene at the time and even though that's really common now we were the first website to do that and uh yeah, so we had to go through the whole process of convincing the CEO that League of Legends was a game that he should care about and support and that our pitch for the website was, you know, worth doing and investing all this money to to uh, sponsor a team in. And, uh, yeah, it happened, and it was really cool.
0: That's dope, man. So you had to go through the process of meeting and pitching and, you know, yeah. like, like all that shit, dude, like...
1: Yeah, that's what they don't really tell you about design, which is what I do now, is you're constantly trying to sell people on your ideas because even no, no matter how accomplished you are, no matter what you've done in the past, they're worried that, you know, this next thing isn't going to pan out and you've got to sell them on it. You got to make sure make them feel like um they can really trust you to to take it to the finish line. And so a lot of it's salesmanship still, even even after you've been in the business for a while.
0: No doubt, dude. And then, like, man, what is that? Because that's got to be tough, bro. Like, does the guy you're you're trying to convince even play games? Or is he just a rich guy who's looking at, you know, sales, <laughs> sales numbers? Like, well, you guys had this cool idea, but, you know, sales stayed flat instead of increasing. Right. So I don't know if I want to go with this again. Like, how, like... It's a little bit of both, you know, it's both because a lot
1: of times it depends on the company. I've been really fortunate to work at companies where it's most of the people I work with are big gamers and stuff like that. They understand the lingo. They're not totally, you know, spacing out in meetings or anything like that when it gets too involved. So that's good. But yeah, they don't always have, you know, they're busy executives. They don't always have time to get in really deep and understand why this particular game is the shit and all everybody that's going to start playing it next year, right? Because that's when you're talking about it is before it gets popular and you got to convince them that, you know, hey, this popular thing that's happening right now, we're going to capture that momentum or we're going to come out of the left field with something so unique and and amazing that they can't help but but play. You know, those are the kind of pitches that you make.
0: Yeah. Damn, that's tough, dude. Like, yeah, that's that's. (laughs) good. you uh you went through that and were successful at it you know what I mean like that's cool yeah that was like the most the most successful and most involved
1: thing that I worked on while I was there for sure
0: tight and so uh after that you got that job you were interning there and then scored the job after you graduated right and started full-time so like have you have you done anything since then like that uh you can talk about yeah, so I was working on League of Legends for a while. Um, after that, for for uh, how, like a, a couple years, or for like six years, I was oh, working damn. on League of Legends. That's um, tight. You gotta love that shit. After that, too, like yeah, you miss it when it's over. Like, huh.
1: yeah, it's crazy how long the game has lasted. Um, and now that I've moved on uh, to not working on League of Legends anymore for the last two years, um, it's being able to look at it more in the rear view, It's crazy how. People just still love it. And even in myself, you know, it's a game where and I'm just like, oh, I got a little time to kill. I don't really feel like doing anything but listening to some music and playing a game. So that A lot of times I'll just play an ARAM or something like that. So, yeah, it's crazy. That's to cool. even have a job that lasts longer than six months or a couple of years in the gaming industry is sometimes really tough because... Mm-hmm the call of duty gets released and maybe there's a couple expansions or whatever, but half the studio gets laid off, you know? Damn. So,
0: so is that, is that like kind of what the process is too? You get a contract to make the game and then after they make it, you're just kind of out of work until you find something else to make. That's how it is for most (laughs) folks in the industry.
1: Yeah. It's a little scary sometimes. Damn. Um,
0: are, are uh, they able to negotiate any back end, like on game sales and shit like that, or or is it just we're gonna pay this amount of money <laughs> to make the shit and then? Yeah, buy, if you're big buy, enough, if they put mind?
1: if you're big enough, they put your your name on the front of the game, like a Madden or or some shit, then you'll get a piece of the pie, maybe. But you know, like, even like a really famous game designer is is you know, if he joins one of those big big companies like EA or whatever. You know, he's he's just a cog, you know, in, in the machine. And at the end of the day, it's a machine designed to make a game come out every year or the new Sims come out every 10 years, whatever the case may be. And so they want nice, nice clean cogs. But like, uh, yeah, Mitch points out in the indie, the smaller game companies, you know, it's a little different. And that's how Riot uh, Games, that makes League of Legends started out. So the, the rules got to stay a little bit more, you know, uh, a little less corporate for a long time.
0: Yeah. That's cool, man. Is that uh also part of the reason why you stuck with that job for so long is cuz it it kind of lined up with your principles?
1: Yeah, for sure. You know, um Riot is like any company has made its mistakes, but it's always actually really tried to address them and it's always tried to do the right thing when we're making new th- products or looking back at the old things that we've made and stuff like that and you know, there's been a lot of crazy stuff they have to deal with when your product starts out and in, in, in lasts a decade you know it has to survive all these trends and things like that and not lose its identity so yeah
0: cool. yeah man tight brooks tight um so uh that like you've you said that was for 6 years and you've been doing something different the past couple of years is it still uh i think we did a practice call on Wednesday, and you said uh, the, the specific thing is the, the interface or experience or something. Yeah, okay. I'm an experience designer. And uh, so I try and make
1: uh, like the Quest system UI understandable or um, the homepage have the right widgets on it so that when you first load up the game, you can jump right into playing or uh, maybe, you know, checking out, uh, how your battle pass is going, things like that. Uh, that's,
0: that's sort of where my responsibility lies. That's dope, dude. That's dope. Um, what, like, okay. One of my cookie cutter questions that I always ask, um, for people in the cannabis industry and your, your industry is sounds pretty cutthroat too, is what, like, what's the smartest move that you've made? on the path to where you're at right now?
1: Uh, Not listening to doubters, not listening to haters, you know? Yeah. You know, even people that supported me would sometimes try to support me by saying, hey, you know, this industry over here is more reliable. There's more jobs. You should get into security, you know, or you should get into uh, engineering this kind of software or whatever and uh you know it came from a good place where they're trying to help me out but um i knew i wasn't going to be happy there and it would have been easy to sometimes to not you know keep trying to pursue my dreams so yeah
0: way to go man good advice bro fuck the haters Uh, yeah (laughs) dude because it it bees like that sometimes man like folks like oh you're still doing music i'm like yeah you know like fuck i'm gonna put out a bunch of shit this year like yeah i'm gonna have money to do that shit so why the fuck not
1: right uh, and you know doing starting out in qa wasn't how i imagined getting into design because that was my ultimate goal but it got me there and that's what's important you know yeah started somewhere too
0: yeah and that's uh good advice for kids not just in general but also where we're from is like sometimes getting a foot in the door really does matter you know what i mean and and you can you can figure something else out at least enough to know the next path that you should take from where you're at you know what i mean
1: right and like you said before a lot of these industries are really cutthroat and so somebody else isn't going to be watching out for you they're not going to be trying to uh help you when you fall down or you stumble, you know, they're going to be looking to step over top of you. And so you got to be, you got to be ready to, to speak up for yourself and to stand up for yourself. So, you know, it's good practice to, to start with the people that, you know,
0: might tell you to go do something other than what you really want to do. Fucking hey Brooks. Hell yeah. Okay. So uh the flip side to that question is what do you feel like your biggest mistake has been? Um, on the path to, you know, cause it's, it's always fun to talk about the, the cool shit and the fun shit, but there's always shit that fucks up and you had to adapt to or, you know, did well, you ever lose a job or, or have to, you know, like anything, dude, like, yeah,
1: I think my biggest mistake is how I learned that lesson, you know, is I trusted that, uh, other people I was working with other people that I, you know, was collaborating with had you know, my best interests and mine the same as I, you know, wanted them to do well. And it's not that they were hating on me or that they wanted me to fail, but at the end of the day, they're going to do the thing that makes them look good. They're going to do the thing that that works out best for them. And if that means, you know, they dropped the ball on something that I thought they were going to help, that they were going to do with me, that's okay for them. Right. Yeah. And so at the end of the day, you know, like, you hear about it in like college classes. It's a classic story, right? Where you do a group project and there's somebody that doesn't pitch in or whatever. And like, Oh, everybody's like, Oh, this is bullshit. You know, in the real world that actually in the real world, that does happen. Yeah. You know, and sometimes you still have to get the thing done because your boss or whoever doesn't give a fuck, you know, they just don't care that someone's they want to, they want to fix it going forward. maybe, but they still want to make the deadline. Yeah. And if this person is worth complaining about, they don't still don't want to miss the deadline. That's not what they hired you for. Yeah.
0: Fucking you know? A, man. So that's dope. And, and like having to get along with people, too, who might not be focused on the same goal. You know what I mean? Right. And, you know, especially in a creative field, uh, you may
1: not have the same vision for what you actually want to pull off. And so if you err on the side of collaboration a little too much, next thing you know, you're serving their vision and, you know, what you're trying to do just doesn't make it out, you know, make it out there. Yeah. You know, and I think that's how people can really sometimes lose their shot is by, uh, letting somebody else, uh, feed off of them and just sort of lift somebody else up instead of trying to lift themselves
0: up no doubt no doubt self self self-promotion self-promotion is a, (laughs) a good idea also all right so uh like what else about uh like dude i'm just interested in the process dude like like so you you can at those jobs you'd get like a a beta version of a game and just get to fucking play it and try and break it and find like, that sounds like a sick ass job, dude. And
1: yeah, I mean, when I was doing QA and I was just trying to break the game, it was a lot of fun. We, we didn't get to be very good at the game, but, uh, we, there were some times where you part of the job was fucking around and just seeing what you could do, you know? And that you don't find the bug where you jump against this exact wall at this exact angle and clip through and and start accessing areas that you're not supposed to be able to access. You don't find that without just fucking around and playing the game a bunch, you know? Yeah. And so that's pretty cool for sure. And uh, the other thing that's interesting about QA is there's a lot of QA needed, and so you work on a big team and there's a lot of characters and stuff. And so yeah, it was a lot of fun for that's sure. Tight. That's tight, dude but but now in design a lot of times we're working on the game so early that uh it's not always fun and you got to you got to be able to look ahead a little bit and say okay I see I see where the game's going I see wh- how it's going to be fun and what you're working on is
0: to help realize that for yeah. the first time sometimes yeah so like Are you ever on the other end of that transaction now? Like, do you, do you get, you know, reports from QA guys where it's like, Hey man, sometimes when we select this in the fucking menu, like it it just fucking the screen glitches out or something like that. Can you fix it? Like, does it ever come to you like that? Or is that like a different department or something?
1: Um, Yes, if th- that's another thing that dep- kind of depends on what you're working on. In some places, design is just sort of like, yeah, go do this, and then there's like an engineer that you know has a computer science degree, and, and he does all all the changes. But uh, a lot of places, a lot of places, uh, you have to be able to get in there and maybe not write code, but you got to <laughs> have to understand that you know, in this diagram of a level the these things are represented by you know squares and all that other stuff and you got to be able to interpret this this software that represents the game without actually rendering it like a real game you know and that's how we make changes even though not everybody is a proficient uh computer science uh software engineer
0: yeah that sounds tough man
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's uh it's it's interesting because uh a lot of these tools are written by engineers and so they uh they could definitely use some better design <laughs> okay. but uh it's great once you learn them they're really powerful and then you can go in and uh change things and and make little tweaks and fix these bugs without uh having to you know find an engineer to do it for you which sometimes they don't have time to to fix the things that you think are important and you got to do it yourself
0: yeah 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 i'm busy fucker you know how to do it you know what mm-hmm. i mean like yeah okay so mitch mitch said uh you were always a developer even in high school you said you made a counter strike a badass counter strike map back in high school well um Badass is a matter of opinion, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I,
1: I was one of those guys that was like, oh, people are making custom maps and the map maker comes free with the game. I'm going to try this out. And uh, I worked at Kmart at the time, so I tried to make like a mini version of of Kmart, uh, which in today's time probably doesn't sound like a very good idea for a game where you shoot people, but <laughs> you know, back in the nineties, like counter strike and shooting people and planting the bomb and shit, you could just say that anywhere and nobody gave a shit. But you know, now you gotta look around in public when you talk about that game. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I made this little map of uh like a a store and I was just really into that game. Like mitch mitch and, and some of us were playing a lot you know after school and things like that so
0: word and that was like a computer yeah. game or what man yeah yeah it was like
1: terrorists versus counter-terrorists
0: one team was
1: terrorists and had to go in and try to uh plant the bomb on a certain location and the other team's job is to either stop them planting the bomb or defuse the bomb after it's been planted and you know there's lots of guns involved lots of lots of guns. Tight, that's cool, man. You made a fucking yeah. map of Kmart, that's awesome, yeah, yeah, uh, not quite, but yeah, not, it was much smaller, but uh, it actually turned out to be pretty fun just because, um, you know, it was uh, the uh, the setting was something that you didn't really see in that game because being a military simulation, it was always like tanks and. You know, military bases and stuff. And this was just sort of like in the middle of the streets, you know, where we actually uh, are used to seeing stuff.
0: Yeah, modern warfare back in the 90s. <laughs> yeah. They right-clicked your style, Brooks. They right-clicked mm-hmm. it. Exactly. Yeah. It's all me. It's all me. Yeah. <laughs> Goddamn, man. God damn. All right. But yeah, back then
1: I thought I was going to be a a computer programmer and program video games. And so... Uh, I was trying to write code and stuff like that and figured out later. I didn't like that very much, but
0: yeah. So talk, <laughs> talk about that, dude. Cause that's, that's one thing too, is when I was in high school, I wanted to, uh, be an audio engineer. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And it was like, if I can't make the songs, then I want to be the person right. on, the, on the boards doing all that shit. And so once I got to college, like my advisor, it was Glenn Johnson. He was the fucking, the, you know, another cougar first down. Like it was that guy. And uh-huh. he, when I first showed, and he was just like, "You don't really need to be here to do that shit." And so it was like, it was heartbreaking, bro. You know what I mean? It's right. like I'm here on scholarship and shit. Like I, I gotta keep going to school, and it just like, well, what the fuck for? And I, I met Tyrant, my producer, and like, just seeing all the shit that he could do, I was, I was discouraged. Like. I bought one of his beat machines when he upgraded and it was hard to make what I had in my head right. come through right. the equipment, you know what I mean? And so it was just like I figured out that I didn't really like that tinkering so much as as he did. Right. I li- I liked writing the songs and and recording and shit like that, so I focused more on that. So how can you talk about that process, you know, as nah, a kid sounds- as, a, as a kid you have this goal, you know what I mean? And then when you start doing it, it's like fuck I kind of want to do something else and it's like well shit you were all dedicated to this and it's all (laughs) internal monologue you know what I mean I'm like well fuck what do you want to do it's like right right well and
1: you know when I was in high school thinking about what I was going to do in college the folks around me didn't necessarily know like oh well this is what software engineering is and this is what design is and yeah so sort of like well you know uh, yeah Mr. Jordan Mr. Judge
0: is like, fuck, I'm an IT teacher, man. Yeah,
1: and so in order to make a game, (laughs) you need to write code. So check that out, right? Yeah. Sounds, (laughs) Sounds logical. So yeah, I was actually a computer science, math, double major when I first went to Boise State. Fuck, that sounds hard, Brooks, man. And I did that for three years. And in the third year of computer science classes, I was just like, I hate every minute of this. Why am I still doing it? <laughs> Why yeah. am I still doing this? Yeah, so man. I looked at all my credits and I said, what else can I still try and graduate mostly on time with? And uh, I got a computer information systems degree. Weird. And uh it basically was just a little bit of everything that's I, you might've heard in the beginning of the show. I said, uh, didn't really qualify me for my, anything, but, yeah. uh, it did give you a lot of the basics on a lot in a lot of different places. And one of the classes I took was in user experience design. Ah. And, uh, that was just a light that went off in my head. And I was like, this is what I want to do. Yeah. Yeah. And so I've just been pursuing that ever since. And, you know, that's what I'm doing today,
0: so. Man, that's cool, dude. Because I like I went to Wazoo for a couple years, dropped right. out. Went to NIC for a year, dropped out. But I had a good GPA after NIC, and when I wanted to go back to Wazoo, they wouldn't take those credits. So I went to U of I and same shit. It's like, what can I feel? Yeah. And graduate <laughs> the and it was PR, you know, the School of Journalism, because I think I was broadcasting at WSU. Oh, cool. And. It was just cause I was good at writing, you know what I mean? So it was like, all right, I can do those classes and get good grades and graduate. But dude, the the broadcasting classes that I took at U of I, cause there was way less people at that school than at, at Wazoo. Mm-hmm. And so it's like my teacher, Denise, uh, she divorced. I don't, I can't remember what her last name is now. It was mm-hmm. Denise Bennett back then though. She was my production class teacher. And, dude, those classes were the best, dude. Like, script writing and how to work a camera and use editing software and, how you know, mix the audio correctly. Like, that shit I fucking loved, dude. So, it was uh, a lot more fun doing those classes than the PR writing type classes. And still to this day, like, I never once got a PR job in my life. I applied for them, but they never hired me. So... But, but, you you know, I never used any of the shit that I learned in those classes. But the broadcasting stuff, like, bro, I've just shot and edited all kinds of shit since then that that I learned in those classes that I liked. And, you you know, I continue to do those things still because it it makes me happy. Nobody pays me to do that shit yet, but I still do it because it's fun and it's my passion. You know what I mean? So
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, that was my passion from that day. But you know, I still had to finish school and then I was in QA for like five or six years after that before I finally did make it into design. And then even then, you know, it wasn't a guarantee that I'd be able to stay in it. Um, because it's, it's one of those industries where you don't know if the next job is going to pan out or even be there, you know? So Yeah.
0: yeah, very, very little security, job security.
1: Uh, you know, I, I've been lucky enough to work for companies where that wasn't the case. But, uh, yeah, if you go work for some of the big names, it's a lot harder, for sure.
0: Yeah. Damn, man. So, But, man, don't get discouraged, kids. You know? Like, for real. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you got to do the
1: 9 to 5 to get by, and it sucks. And you just want to go home and and get medicated or some shit. But you got to stick with it and do what you love because eventually someone will want to pay you to do it and yeah and even if they don't you're you're getting more satisfaction than you would otherwise hell yeah
0: you're spending your time on earth doing what you like to do which is the best anyone on earth can do in my eyes man you know like right right money's great but fuck dude your life is your life you're gonna enjoy it or you're gonna fucking jump on that hamster wheel you know like shit you can't take it with you right yeah dude yeah so speaking of the nine to five and going home after and getting medicated dude can can we switch the conversation towards cannabis a little bit man yeah for sure um so you went to college in boise there's no no medical in idaho with like uh were you roasting bowls back then and was it was it tough to find in boise Uh, Yeah, I don't I I wasn't uh,
1: a smoker back then. I was pretty focused on my school. Uh Um, I tried it a couple times in high school. And you know, I was open to it. But it was, I guess, super rare because I didn't know anybody. Yeah, knew anybody that smoked, you know, and so it wasn't until I came to California left Idaho, where I got tapped into the culture for sure.
0: No doubt. So what, what year was that? And did you, can you talk about that process a little bit? Did you get your medical card or like, yeah, so, um, I, cause I'd imagine most guys in that industry fucking have a bunch of plants in their basement and, are, you know, if you have right. a tedious job where you're, st- it's like, I'm going to fucking roast some bulls before I try and break this game <laughs> real quick, you know? Like,
1: yeah. Yeah. In California, um, you could, go there's a lot of places where you just walk into a clinic and that's what they do is give marijuana license and um everybody's there for the same thing you know and out front they also have a mini head shop selling (laughs) bongs and shit and um you know i'm sure some people would say that seems a little sketch but it's it was the way that was done in california you know and so uh, yeah, you get a license, and then uh it was really common in you know a lot of industries that are in the creative field in cities like san francisco yeah that, that were to where you just like, yeah, you know I'm gonna go take some of this work home and I'm gonna think about it, you know. Yeah, and if I happen to be thinking about it, well, I'm high. Maybe something good will come out of that, you know.
0: <laughs> well, dude, sometimes I feel like those guys from the fucking eighties and nineties were stashing themes in their games too, like earthworm Jim, dude. Like mm-hmm. earthworms are really fucking good for your soil beds, dude. Like, they're, like <laughs> they're they're a hero of everything in there, and it's like a lot of the villains look like little bad shit for your plant that that would fuck it up, you know. And right. also with mario brothers how it was like you know yeah but not just that but fungi remember the movie uh oh yeah with with john liguizamo as (laughs) luigi like (laughs) in that movie i thought it was cool how the the king or whatever was turned into mold or fungi and he was like everywhere especially underneath where it was wet and dark and it's like that thematically now clicks in my brain like and and he was connected to everything and could communicate with everything and that's how michael Fungi is with with plants and everything so i was like damn man like that's yeah i i I think those guys were probably smoking and or doing shrooms you know like well and you see it in entertainment (laughs) a lot like references
1: right to, to various things and I'm sure everybody's seen a movie or two where somebody's doing something in the background or even the foreground and Rockstar Games is a great example where they've really embraced certain aspects of drug culture in, in games like Grand Theft Auto and, and, and things like that, you know? So I yeah, I think if you thought that uh game developers were all squeaky clean, you might have been fooling yourself.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Not all those computer nerds are straight-edged, you know? But we got some straight-edged guys, too, you know? Like, you would
1: have thought that these dudes were at corporate jobs, you know, with their button-downs and all that. But I guess at the end of the day, they know how to crack a beer, so that's cool, too.
0: Yeah, yeah, whatever floats your boat. hmm So uh, did did you ever get your medical card when you moved to California? Because like, it seems yeah. like there's there's a shit-ton of access, dude, once you have that, like. Yeah, so at the time,
1: you had to have a medical card, and uh, so I, I did, and um there's shops everywhere. It's all over the place, you know, and so there was, like, two or three different places to choose from on my drive home from work, uh, and uh, there's apps that have ratings, like Yelp, you know, and all that stuff, so yeah. it's a fucking modern world, man. It's pretty crazy.
0: Yeah. So like, uh, what was like, are you a flower guy or did you get into fucking dabs and hash? Like what's when you, cause, yeah, cause, cause the people evolve, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I did dabs for a while and then I stopped doing them cause I felt like something was wrong with my heart. You know what I mean? Like the concentration oh, of pesticides. I was just, and people thought I was paranoid, but I'm like, fuck, whatever, man. Smoke my weed. And well, if you're not going to enjoy it, that. then what's the point, right? Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm a
1: flower guy. For some reason, out uh, oils, um, don't really hit me the same way. I still get high, but you know,
0: like I don't feel high. If you know what I mean. Yeah, dude, it's uh, it's Will used to talk about this like a monotone effect. You know what I mean? And uh, you remember Trina, right? My cousin Trina. Yeah. Yeah, she I called her when I when my heart was fucking felt weird and I cause she's a chemist, right? And I'm like, yo, is there is this shit fucking me up? Like I know you're not a doctor, but just from a chemical point of view, and that's what she told me, dude, was that everything that is making you feel better in the weed is not making it into the oil. You know what I mean? She's like right. there's there's medicinal shit and effects that are inside the plant that are not gonna be inside the oil you know and so that's what y- you just made me think about because that's i feel the same way dude like i i like the fucking yeah uh, the yeah like i'm not on the dabs it's cool and sometimes i i just get so high that i don't want to do shit you know and i feel not functional right and like with weed i could smoke weed and do chores or you know, yeah, right that's the paper. other thing with, like,
1: edibles and dabs and shit. I'm just fucking, I can watch TV full yeah. stop. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, and so, like, I, I try to stick with a sativa or a hybrid, you know, and, like, I I, I actually find that uh, I'd rather not be watching TV a lot of times. I'd rather yeah. be Do something know, doing, fun.
0: doing something or creating something or just playing games, yeah. Yeah, man. Artist, Brooks, that's tight, dude. Cause I'm the same way. Like, I got to turn on my Serato and loop some beats or something and just at least hold on to my pen, even if I don't write anything down. It's like, mm-hmm. like I'd rather do that than just stare at the fucking screen. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, we got a question from Mitch, too. Um, okay. He says... Have prices increased a lot in the time that you've had a card until today in Cali? Like, has has it fluctuated at all? And can you can you talk about? I that? I think prices have gone up a little bit. Yeah, um,
1: is, that, is that with the taxes and shit? They've taxed it a little bit more, and so I'm not too mad at that. But uh, I think just as the cultivation processes get more involved, and a lot of what they're competing on right now is quality yeah that's gonna drive prices up um i personally am the kind of person where i can get stone uh, as you know as long as it doesn't get stepped on or drugged through the dirt you know i can i can get there you know so yeah uh but uh yeah it's uh it it has gone up because they're they're trying to do all the hydroponic and all this stuff at a much larger scale and i think
0: it's still not cheap yet so uh word and then uh like is there medical shops that are still open or or is it like so because i I read all these articles that say all this shit but i'm like i have a homie that i can talk to who's from there now and he's in la so it's like your opinion is much more valuable than the fucking articles i read you know what i mean
1: yeah uh basically all the shops are able to do both now and if you have a medical, you just get a break on some mm-hmm. of the taxes. So it's a pretty nice discount. Uh, that's um, it's to the point where I'm not, I haven't been, you know, I'm too lazy. I haven't gotten the medical the last year. And so I've just been paying a little bit extra. But yeah. Um, going, going to a good cause, right? Yeah. And, you know, the medical places that aren't as you know ubiquitous everywhere they're not all over the place anymore because you don't need a license anymore and so it's just a little bit more of a hassle to go find one and get an appointment so
0: is there do they do uh deliveries from from rec or medical places yes i got some delivered the other day because my normal place is out and oh so there's a certain strain that you like and they didn't have it so you ordered it from somewhere else or what yeah, there's this strain called Pacific Stone down here that's like
1: really hard hitting, but it's one of the cheapest ones out there. And, you know, I'm not going to pay for something if, uh, more if I don't have to. And so um, I guess this other place that delivers had it in stock and my usual place that I can walk to didn't. So I went ahead and got it delivered. <laughs> Save uh, money getting
0: it delivered. That's Can't crazy. That. Yeah. What a fucking country, man. yeah yeah and man dude like it's it's cool to hear about these experiences in another state you know what i mean because even even in oregon there's still no allowable deliveries there's still guys who do a black market and shit but that's Mm. those guys don't want to come on the show and talk about it you know what i mean so yeah it's like it it, uh it's cool to to hear about shit happening somewhere that i haven't really yeah actually uh, a
1: recent development only a few months now they they take credit cards so oh uh, well yeah like there's still like a little bit of atm fee but it's all automated now you don't have to pull it out of the atm so you're not actually paying the fee to your bank for for taking it out of the atm it's just like a one dollar transaction fee or
0: something like so, that to so, keep so it legal is there like a paypal company or something like a third party that's that's Handling that between the dispensaries and the banks? Or is it just a California thing? I think it's a state law, yeah. I think state law that got passed that allows the banks
1: to accept these transactions as long as there's like a processing fee or something to keep it above board or some shit. Damn, that's tight, dude. Yeah, so no more having to handle cash, which I know the dispensaries like because they're having to shuttle massive amounts of cash to the bank and stuff and so that's and not the case anymore
0: not even to the bank sometimes it's like you gotta <laughs> fucking put it in a safe in a basement somewhere right, and, ho- and right. hope nobody follows you you know what i mean
1: yeah so it's it's legit now here in california at least
0: that's tight dude super cool um and i man if anybody's listening in a state where you can't experience anything close to these things we're talking about, like it's, <laughs> it's coming, man. Like it's gotta yeah, happen. stick with yeah. it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like a campaign in your state and get the petition signed, like whatever you got to do. Cause I feel like everybody should have access at least, you know what I mean? And yeah. Yeah. We got to start heading that direction, you know, fucking a
1: like schedule one can't even study it. It's insane
0: yeah it
1: doesn't make any sense
0: yeah dude that's one thing when when we did the practice call we were talking about uh you're like well there's studies that have said you know for kids who smoke cannabis and it's like well we need more studies brooks you know yeah like like, there's
1: we we have this one data point
0: yeah worth considering
1: but yeah. you know usually when you come out with like a conclusion you've got more than just
0: the one data point yeah and yeah. and and who is funding the research too like there's there's uh in oregon when it passed recreationally there there was like five different kinds of licenses you could get there was a a retail a production uh extractor slash processor a wholesaler or a research. And so like the the research or and then there was like a lab testing one too the The lab testing one was different from the research one. So it's like if you were a college or a university, you could apply for this license and conduct a study, you know, and and get participants and legally possess the cannabis to administer your study and all that. And like nobody in Oregon, got that license dude except for one company they're they're called uh phylos bioscience and they're a gene sequencing company and so it like it just went bad man they they made it sound they sold themselves as you know you can get your whatever your strain is that you've been breeding you we can sequence it and you can see what it's related to as far as whatever else is in our database but their their end game was to basically be like Monsanto and and yeah. figure out which alleles were beneficial and uh, the tissue culture, whatever strains they fucking wanted and manipulate genes and eliminate everybody else. And people are paying to submit their data to them. So it was, it, yeah, dude, it bummed me out because I used to hype them up. Hella, like the first year, like they're the only company that got that license. Like that's tight, man. It, you know and, and then, until you find out what they do with it man. yeah dude so it's just like fuck it was it was a bummer and uh as a patient here in arizona they, they send you emails where you can participate in studies also um okay. you know and so it's like there's most of them were either here or in california and so and most of them dude we're trying to figure out a a breathalyzer test or an impairment test for cannabis. <laughs> so I'm just like, man, I don't wanna help you guys with that shit. But All right. we've 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 talked about uh, a couple of articles on the show in previous episodes where those studies kind of say that people drive safer when they're smoking weed. <laughs> like they <laughs> slow down a little bit, they pay more attention, you know, like they're they're more alert, you know? Like so Wasn't there
1: like a Mythbusters episode about that where they were like, yeah, they weren't the best drivers, but they weren't really dangerous
0: either. Yeah, you know what? I mean? Like, and and I uh I dig when I'm able to read shit like that, but it's always just in a blurb. There's never, you know, I can never ask questions of the guy who who put it on or anything like that. So, mm-hmm. Mitch says he's he remembers Mythbusters about <laughs> beer and sleep deprivation. <laughs> yeah i I don't know miss miss is in san francisco so
1: they were totally probably chill to do something with weed that's cool man we're gonna try and google that no i have not met adam savage (laughs) 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 Uh, yeah i didn't start uh, getting celebrity encounters until i came to la not nothing in san francisco oh
0: cool dude talk about that who have you run into
1: nobody like crazy crazy big but uh you know the guy (laughs) in the uh marvel comic universe who's like the agent of shield that goes around recruiting the the actual superheroes uh and he wears like the tie and then like in agents of shield the tv show or whatever he's like the main dude Uh, anyway yeah he's he's been in a few of these movies and i bumped into him at the farmer's market one day and i i recognized him and he immediately knew that i recognized him and he gave me this look like so are you gonna out me are you gonna let me have a normal day at the farmer's market and i was just like
0: we cool Cool." yeah (laughs) that's cool very cool brooks yeah yeah and
1: then uh, one time i was at a ramen restaurant and um oh man i'm gonna i'm gonna forget who the act- what the actress's name is, but this really famous actress was there with her uh her two sons and she was teaching them how to uh do the bill and and how to calculate the tip and all this. They were just barely old enough to sort of understand that so it was that's pretty cool. cute yeah and she made fun of me for how uh how ravenous I was eating the ramen because you know, I, I I know how to pack it in. And <laughs> she she gave me shit. It was pretty funny. <laughs>
0: that's funny. Rick's yeah sitting there fucking eating a bowl, man. I'm tearing it yeah. up. That's yeah. funny.
1: It's one of those that's, that's one of those things
0: about living in LA though. Yeah, it, it happens to everybody. That's dope, dude. So uh what uh what okay so this is another cookie we're getting close to the end so what kind of um concepts or ideas would you like to promote for the future either in video games or in cannabis you know what i mean like well what would you you like to see man
1: i want to take a cue from you in cannabis and say that people need to grow their own because you know the direction it's going you don't know what kind of regulations are going to get passed you don't know you know what these companies that take it over are going to do to the product and so be able to grow your own and and you know have have your control of your own uh supply is just like a a part of like freedom that i think we should be pursuing you know not necessarily like have to be weed but like you know I, I think it's one of those things where you the things that you are passionate about you should be able to pursue them even if you know your support structure isn't there so just always be thinking about you know how how can you continue to do this without you know the government essentially propping you up by allowing these companies to right now be really free with what they do yeah. You know, I personally don't tr- trust them to keep it that way forever. Maybe, maybe that's, you know, not going to happen. And, I, you know, hopefully that's
0: unlikely, but you never know. Right. Yeah. No doubt, man. Cause that's, that's one thing that keeps popping up in the news that we read too is that there's a serious surplus like in Canada and California and everywhere. Like they're all the publicly traded companies are like, not hitting what they thought they were gonna hit for 2019 as far as revenue because they grew more than the market consumed. So it's just like I don't know how that's gonna affect quality or or how much they produce anymore. So I I uh I don't trust them either. I'd rather fucking grow my own, man. You know, I'd rather grab some seeds and make some right. soil and not right. not worry about going to jail. you know yeah i feel for people in illegal states man like i'm not brave enough but that's why i live here (laughs) like in arizona you have to live 25 miles from a dispensary in order to cultivate your own medicine as a patient and it eliminates fucking everybody so it's like the, the, and there's no, no lab test for pesticides or mold for anything on the shelf yet. So it's like, yeah. Man, yeah, dude, I don't like that. And I'm moving to Spokane at the end of the month, dude. So I'll, I'll be able to grow my own after that. Hell yeah. Much happier, dude. Because I, I don't have the balls either to just fucking do it and not be compliant. Because your neighbor might smell it and call the cops or, you know, like I just hate those paranoid feelings in my brain man it's
1: like, yeah and then if if it does happen you don't got a, a, a inch to stand on because yeah you red-handed yep.
0: you knew you knew the 25 mile rule fucker you know yeah talk about it on your show so <laughs> uh, you know like so that i don't want to i don't want to be that guy so i'd rather just be safe back to the northwest man Yeah, more, more more cannabis culture so that should be cool for real yeah dude was well, there uh is there anything else you want to say in closing brooks man i feel like it's been a pretty good interview is there you want to give any advice to kid okay favorite strain that's what mitch says uh no i don't have a particular favorite
1: strain um i just like sativa you know word
0: <laughs> and i'm and i'm a believer in tolerance breaks Ah, okay. (laughs) Man, I was talking to my lady about that, you know? Like, I was like, yeah, sometimes it's good to just not smoke for a couple days. Yeah. And when you come back, it's like, wow. Yeah, yeah. legit, yeah. For real. (laughs) (laughs) All right, yeah. That's all I got. Okay, cool. All right, right, well, I'm gonna go ahead and do my outro dance, ladies and gentlemen. This was the 42nd episode of Concerned Dabs Podcast. I was your host, KDM Kane. I got to give a shout out to uh, my guest, Brooks Bouchard, man. Thanks for talking about your experiences in uh, video game design and cannabis consumption in California. I also got to give a shout out to my guys in production, Mitchell Wilson and Jesse Curry. This has been a Main Node and Joseph Street Enterprise production.